0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of Home Sweet Home. My name is Rod McCall.
1: And I'm Rod McCall. Wait, I'm Bryce Runge. (laughs) Uh,
0: Sorry, I got confused. confused. (laughs) That's all right. Uh, Well, you know, it's good to see you. Um, It seems like it's been a couple of weeks since we got to record our last episode. So it's good to be back here in the studio.
1: It has been a while and I apologize for that life's been uh, a little hectic lately
0: really yeah life gets hectic and crazy
1: it does it does <sighs> well but there is a key there is yeah. a key to unhecticing that that didn't even make sense but <clears throat> it's called balance right finding a rhythm
0: I'm a white guy. What do I know about rhythm?
1: What? (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we are going to talk about something. This is we call it the silent epidemic, and it has to do with suicide. And this week, and I know there's um, some people who who use a whole month to actually do suicide prevention um, really? things. Uh, we in our district <clears throat> are just focusing on one week, and it's just National Suicide Prevention Week. And I know that you had brought this to the table a few days ago, and, well, how fitting uh, mm-hmm. that we air an episode on suicide.
0: It's... It's something close, dear and personal to me, and I, my my ex wife she committed suicide. Uh, one of my um, sister's husbands he committed suicide. I had friends growing up that, well, one died suicide by police, mm. and so it's it it is an issue, and having. I've been really blessed that none of the suicides that have taken place at the, in the district that we're in have been students that I've had in the classroom. hmm But I did have a student who I had graduate and then he couldn't fight the good fight anymore God. and he committed suicide right before COVID began. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really tough, and so I, I really am pleased that we are taking a lot of time to, at least in our community that we work in, to recognize the many different issues that center and focus around suicide.
1: Yeah. Well, and this is one of those stigmatized and taboo topics mm-hmm. that you and I aren't aren't afraid to touch on and it's important that we step to the forefront uh, and have those conversations same thing i say with my kids Mm -hmm. right that's the reason we have this program in our school district if you
0: don't talk about it you're right there's that there's a lot of shame that goes to it Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i like that we have to do is watch our compliance videos at the beginning of the year now, they are the same videos almost year after year, but it's such a good refresher for me to be reminded of the various issues. And so what I actually did in preparation for getting for today's uh, broadcast was to look at all the notes that I took while watching the video. So the stuff, the statistics, the information... Is coming from the uh, the teaching video that we got to use or to watch at the beginning of the year. So a lot of this stuff may look familiar to you. Okay, but hey,
1: can I can we take a step back real quick? Yes. Did please. you say you like watching the compliance videos that we have to? Uh... Okay, there are a couple
0: that I don't <clears throat> mind watching as they are a okay. good reminder. Okay, I just no the one on bloodborne pathogens just wears me. <laughs> slick. As being type 2 diabetic, I really could care less about watching the diabetes. No, gotcha, gotcha. No, Uh,
1: they are very informative. um, And if you could just kind of get over that hump of, oh, gosh, got to do this compliance. mm -hmm. You actually sit there and you're intentional with them. uh, You know, heaven forbid, something happens Uh and you just skated right over that compliance video. Oh, what do I do? Uh I have a kid that's bleeding. You know, I'm just. No, I'm with you. You know, I, I get it
0: it's it's again I'm glad that my coursework as I'm you know going through to get my masters in professional counseling these things are ringing more true and I'm able to tie more stuff in but when it came to the suicide one it for me it has always been something that I've felt very close to because of my personal mm-hmm. connections of having to go through as a survivor, I don't know that it's a survivor, but having been on the receiving end or picking up the pieces after people close to me
1: Mm.
0: have, well, they've committed suicide. Right. Leaving early. And I think that there, there is so much more to this that... I think the numbers kind of speak to themselves.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, when it is considered the 10th leading cause of death, I was going, okay. But when they said, well, there's approximately 40,000 people per year who commit suicide or basically 100 people per day are... Not able to deal with it. I, I've seen statistics where uh, veterans coming back from mm-hmm. Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, 22 a day. And that is a horribly high number. Yeah, well, one are... a day is extremely horrible. Right. But the uh, these numbers were just absolutely mind-boggling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's when you look at the numbers, it's, <clears throat> it just kind of makes you sick to your stomach.
0: Well, when they continued to say, And this is where I thought it was very shocking and eye-opening that the second leading cause of death of kids to 10 to 24 was suicide, age
1: 10. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's fifth grade. Yep. Uh, I can't imagine a kid in fifth grade's life being so that that, they feel there's their only way out. Right. I, I mean, other stuff that they included was that since 1980 which doesn't seem that long ago till they start adding numbers. But 1980 to today, so that's 42 years, a 130% increase of people attempting to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And then, let's see, some other stuff. Nationwide, 5,000 kids, grade 6 to 12, try to kill themselves each day again working with kids for nearly 20 years that just blows my mind. Yeah. And what is also very interesting with some of these other numbers, 20%. 20%. So 1 in 5 people who commit suicide have mental health issues. Yeah. Uh, my ex-wife uh was undiagnosed but she had some mental health issues that mm-hmm. came out during our divorce proceedings. And so, there you go. There's one. right? Uh, Just really, really tough. So, but uh, some of the other things that I found interesting, I just want to kind of hit on real quickly, is something that the CDC had done. And this was a survey that they'd sent out to, I I couldn't find the questions, but they basically were interviewing a bunch of middle school and high school kids, and they found that 18% 18% had considered the idea of suicide and an additional fifteen percent had actually made a plan wow. to do that. And it was kind of like good grief, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that's I again I when I when I when you start putting numbers to this, mm-hmm. it is I can't Begin to fathom. I mean, I have had a lot of knockdowns in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the divorce was bad followed by, um, uh, Eric's death. I, but never even then did I consider the idea of joining him prematurely, Mm. but in more work that I've looked, you know, done and looking into this stuff,
1: I don't think they really wanted to go early either. Right. Um, you know, I've heard this before. They don't they don't want to die. They just want the pain to go away. Yeah. That's it. And it's sad <clears throat> working with kids almost as long as you and specifically what I do,
0: yeah. which
1: is a suicide prevention program. Uh-huh. Inside of the school, I see I see those increases. I see, you know, some people may be like, "Those numbers are crazy." How do you know that? Well, we, you, and I both work in schools. We see the increase. Mm-hmm. I specifically see the referrals that I'm personally getting, or I'm referring to counselors who yeah. kids who are struggling, and yeah. it's it's getting worse.
0: Oh, amen. the the issues that I keep hearing on the news about COVID. The negative impact, the social isolation. And I, I, I mean, I watch my students, they're, when given the opportunity to talk to one another, they're actually on their phones. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I just wonder how much that lack of social interaction, that face to face communication, makes it. So they feel alone and isolated.
1: Yeah, there is definitely a link between mental health issues, concerns, and suicide Mm -hmm. and social connection. Mm -hmm. There is definitely a link.
0: I wouldn't disagree. And when I dig into or learn some of the different things about some of my students, Mm -hmm. you know, and just in conversations they bring up in class. The, you know, the family issues at home, Uh, I I get a lot of, it just really surprises me to the, almost to the point of absolutely disappoints me, how many problems kids that I'm having over the last five years with issues at home. Yeah. working with the Divorce Recovery Group here in Dallas, as I have for, oh my, well, Going on 12 years in November. Oh, wow. And talking to those people and the issues that they're going through with their divorce. And, you know, just the friends that, you know, made and listening to them and their stories or people they know that they feel, whether it's a kid or as an adult, that there's no way out, mm-hmm. that there is no hope, that
1: I can't, yeah, stop the pain. Right. Oh. No. yeah, it's it's a very sad, <clears throat> sad and real thing that I'm glad that we're bringing to the podcast is something that something that I talk about often. It's I, I know we we joked about my rapping in that assembly one year, but you know it's something that I grew up, the era that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, brushing things under the rug.
0: Yeah, and I'm not real sure why there's such a negative stigma. Yeah, uh, and, and I get it. In some of my classes that I've taken, we you know we've talked about suicide, and they do discuss the negative social stigma. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not real comfortable with the idea that folks have to be ashamed of it. The families not feeling you know feeling. Well, they, Mm -hmm. the negative sides of this and they died. Yeah. That's the end goal. You know, whether they, it was of their own design or some other source, they died. They're gone. And you mourn that loss the same, no matter what caused them. That person to pass away. Yeah.
1: You know, when I, uh, when my grandparents died by suicide, well, my, my grandfather on my mom's Mm -hmm. side, we don't, I guess we don't really know the situation, but he ended up uh, killing my grandmother and then turning the gun on himself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I was like 14. The reason I say we you know we brush it under the rug back then, it's it was our way of dealing with not my way. Uh family way? It was a family way of dealing with it because it was a lot different then. The stigma was even uh, you know, more it was more stigmatized, right? Yeah. And it was it was to the point like where we felt like we couldn't even talk about it. We heard what happened to my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And we didn't sit down and have a conversation. You know, the friends that I've lost to, to suicide. it's not like we sat down and had conversations afterward. No one checked on me mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people the, the the, the, there's a lot of people that are impacted by oh, amen. suicide. And so I think that's why I'm really passionate about it because like you, the people, you know, in my life, um, who died by suicide, that's, that, that, that ripple effect, right? Yeah. And so I'm super passionate about it. I don't think it was a coincidence that I was, happened to be, you know, picked to be a Hope Squad advisor. Mm-hmm. You know, that directly <laughs> relates to, to suicide and mental health. But why don't you explain? will take a few moments here and explain what
0: you do with Hope
1: Squad. So Hope Squad um, actually started in Utah. And it was a principal in Utah who... Um, was called to a scene and he had to identify a student of his who had died by suicide. And, you know, he tells the story a little more in depth, but at that point he, he said that I have to do something. And so out of that birth hope squad and it's a, in school peer to peer suicide prevention program. And it is kids who are the eyes and ears in the classroom, in the hallways, in the lunch areas, in the, in the restrooms, on the fields, you name it, that are nominated. They're nominated by their peers because chances are they're already having conversations. They have friends that turn to them. Mm-hmm. But so it's the, these kids are the eyes and ears on each of our campuses identifying kids who are struggling. They understand warning signs based on the trainings that we take them through. They understand, they learn how to question kids indirectly and directly, how to persuade someone from going through with an act and then referring that kid. There's a lot of stuff that we cover. um, And again, these kids come in, they're nominated because they're already doing similar things, but now we're really just equipping them with tools uh, to better identify kids and how to better, you know, how to have better conversations. And anyways, that's, that's my role, um, within the school system.
0: That's right. I, you know, we've been doing that, um, well, you're, we're doing that district-wide middle schools and high schools. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned something about Signs. Are the signs for suicide are they different for adults as they are for kids, or they is there some overlap? Uh, I mean, what can you share about signs? Yeah,
1: no, you're gonna you're gonna see an overlap. Okay. Um. Yeah, you're you're gonna see an overlap. Okay. I mean, I've been
0: told that. You know, and while it was actually in the training video, uh, they were saying that uh, eighty percent of people who commit suicide give some kind of indication to that this is what they're planning to some to someone at least someone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to go back that overlap. Yeah, what you just okay. And so, but we have learned that they tell people who have a plan and they have suicide suicidal thoughts, that they're going to, they're going to say something. They're going to cry out. They're going to say something. Because my thing is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? Or are we just, like you mentioned earlier, are we just stuck behind our screen?
0: Okay. Oh, by the way, we were talking about, uh, before we got tired. Yeah, uh, today about talking, you know, kids not being, they're isolating themselves because of that. Right,, um, you know, I've heard uh, that when someone is considering suicide that they give away prized possessions uh when i've TV shows where they focus on this, that seems to be a big issue where they you know give those uh mm-hmm. give stuff away. Uh, what are some other signs maybe?
1: Yeah. Um, in fact, we just we just went through that about giving away prized possessions. You know, that's a that's a real good indicator. Hey, I'm not going to be needing this watch that my grandfather gave me. That's really important to me. Mm-hmm. That's a sign. Pick up on it and mm-hmm. say something. Um, can, you know, individuals who have had prior attempts. Okay, okay they're getting. You know, um, that kind of makes sense. Yes, yeah, stockpiling pills, uh, picking up firearms. When they haven't had anything before, um, increase of of drugs and alcohol, um, with kids, it's, it's, um, grades, attitudes, eh, grades. grades, you know, there's either slipping. Okay. Uh, or they'll get, you know, kids could get expelled or, or a major school event like expulsion or you get suspended. Okay. Um, that's, that's a major event that could lead up to that. Um, Again, it's it's an it's a lot of things. It's not just one event.
0: Okay. Okay. What role... I've also heard that it is a symptom of depression. Yeah. Would... Or a consequence of depression. What role do you think... You know, because I'm going to refer to you. You've got a little more hands-on with this. What role does depression have?
1: Oh, and I think it plays a, a big role. I think when people are in a depressive state, uh, it's really... F- hard to, I say this at a cliche, but to see that light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and when I don't see that light, what's the point of going on? The pain is too much. And this is, this is my way out.
0: When I think back to Eric's mom Mm -hmm. and she was depressed a lot, uh, a good portion of our marriage. She was depressed, had a hard time. I mean, there would be times where it would be days or sometimes even weeks where she couldn't get out of bed or would get out of bed long enough to drive on, drive into campus, teach her job, and then come back. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't even really dress up. She'd go in sweats or, you know, and just look kind of sloppy, which when I think of college professors, I think of being very well-dressed. Right. And, but yeah, she was very depressed, so... When I think of depression or when I think of suicide, I I tie those two together. And so Mm -hmm. you're saying that that's a pretty common sign or link.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a link there.
0: No. I think, you know, again, my work with the divorce folks, a lot of times there seems to be, you know, and even with my own experiences with suicide, there seems to be a major event.
1: Mm -hmm. that's
0: the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Um, I think in my case, where Eric's mom lost her parental rights. I mean, that was a legal issue. It was a divorce issue. I mean, there were a lot of other things that had come into play, but I think that was the final straw Mm -hmm. that sent her down that final path that led to, you know, her doing what she did that fateful Friday morning. Yeah, uh, it's so. When he's talking about precipitating event, I, that's what comes to mind. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's <clears throat> something like that. Obviously, right? You know, you lived it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, I've seen like okay in TV shows and movies uh where okay i'm thinking of shawshank redemption mm-hmm. at the very end the prison warden who had been doing all those horrible things he knew he was going to go to prison and instead of doing that he shot himself okay um i mean i don't know how much a a conviction of a crime you know would take would would push a person over the edge um I mean, I know that's pretty much an adult issue, but I can see where, my gosh, I'm going to jail for the next 20 years. My life is my ruined. Over, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I mean, at school, I can see things a little
1: differently. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, well, you, you've got you've got the breakups, you've got relationships, and a lot of okay. times kids don't know how to handle it, and you've maybe have a death in the family, or maybe even a death in the family by suicide. Um, so those are those are big events that could lead someone into Sure. Also dying by suicide.
0: Well, you mentioned breakup. Yeah, I can see kids, but you know what's interesting is the number of folks that come through our divorce group who we have to as a facilitator, we're constantly being reminded and upgrading our our training to be alert for mm. those that say, well, you know what, I think I'm just going to kill myself. I can't handle life without my spouse. Right. That this is the, the, the shock, the pain, the anguish is more than I can handle. Yeah. Um, and we have had actually a few that have come through that we have had to have, I guess, an intervention in. Mm. And it's been, uh, it's been good. Yeah. Because I think that that's what these people were. This was their cry out. Yeah. They were telling us what they were going to do. Right. Um, I mean, and we know what, I mean, we're, we're given a lot of reminders on how to ask, mm-hmm. you know, how serious they are. Do you have a plan? Right. Those kinds of things. But yeah, I think when you say breakup, that's, that's a big issue.
1: Yeah. You know, as we're, as we're sitting here, I, I you know, I'm my, my training and stuff that I teach on it. it, it pops in my head it's been a long day no kidding it's been a long day but things are popping in my head one thing that i do want to stress is this asking the question does not increase the chances of someone killing themselves no it in fact does the opposite
0: it makes them face the issue or at least that's what i've been told that okay i'm calling you out Mm -hmm. I'm not in a negative way, but I'm calling you out right? and I'm going to make you face this. It's not something you've said it in passing, Mm -hmm. but it was a deliberate statement. So I'm going to, I'm going to call you on it right? and I'm going to let you know I'm here.
1: I'm listening. Right. I care. Yeah. And that you said it right there. You nailed it. That's the thing. They just want a lot of times they just want to be heard. They want to know that, wow. Okay. This person cares about me. I care enough to have that conversation. And I think there's a lot of fear behind questioning someone. Now there's a, there's ways to go around it indirectly and directly. And I've had to ask both and they're, and they're hard. They're hard. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie about it. Calling a, a suicide hotline, talking to someone is you know, on that line is, is hard. Even if it's for a, if it's for a stranger or for someone close to you, it's, it's hard But that's where I tell people, look, I understand it's hard. I understand it's hard because I've been there. I've done that. But when you you care about that person, you put yourself aside. Because it's not about you. It's about them. And we want them here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask this question. Have you ever thought of killing yourself? Now it's not as, as hard as hard for you and I to talk about it, right? Sure. But when you have to ask a teenager that, it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah, it really. But it, is. it really it it gives them this peace, like, oh my gosh, they care. Like they they are listening. They they recognize the SOS call. Uh-huh. And so I can't tell you how many conversations I've had. And then, you know, it's it's every year. Well, doesn't the question doesn't that like if you ask that, does it like encourage them to do it? No, it's the opposite. I, I had a student and
0: I did not know this until she wrote me a card at the end of the year. But she was having a bad, in fact, she had been having bad weeks and they had just moved or they had recently moved from Massachusetts to North Texas. And she was having a hard time at school. She was having a hard time making friends. And she was in my class as a sophomore, the one year I taught sophomores.
1: Mm.
0: And she was getting picked on by a kid. And I basically put an end to it. I called the kid out for being kind of a bully. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I don't even know what I said. I don't remember the incident. But it meant something to her because she was considering killing herself at the end of that school day. Wow! And she put in her letter, "Thank you, Mr. McCall. You saved my life." Wow! And I, I still have that. Um, I still have that card because it means that much to me. Mm-hmm. That we don't realize the impact that we can have by something we do, even incidental. The the talking is super important. Right. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's. There's so many things that go on in a person's life that we really do not know. I remember growing up with being told, uh, as my dad would say, the old Indian tale of don't judge a person until you walked a mile in their moccasins. Mm. Um, I mean, because we have no idea what kind of bullying is going on. Right? Uh, I mean, you get bullied at work. You get bullied at home. You get bullied at school. With online stuff, it's now 24-7. I got picked on when I was in middle school. I mean, I was a tall, skinny, geeky, gawky, nerdy squirrel of a kid. I know that's shocking and awe. I am in
1: awe (laughs) right now.
0: (laughs) But I, I was picked on. But it was only part of the school day. Maybe going to school, maybe coming home from school, maybe part of the school day. Now with social media, it's a 24-7 barrage that just never stops. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, you see, I've read stories where kids will tell other kids, well, you just need to kill yourself. Do the world a favor and just
1: die. Yeah.
0: And, you know, there, being a teenager has never been easy. And I think today it is much harder. I think it's much harder to being a being, – A teenager being the parent of a teenager. Um, I mean, I had two stepkids that, you know, worked through their teenage years and God bless them because Mm. they're, I like them much better now that they're not teenagers. (laughs) Um, But I mean, there's so many issues that can lead to this feeling Mm -hmm. that, you know, I have but one choice left. Yeah
1: you know something that i even for even for our listeners that I, I i'm gonna go out on a limb and say most people have social media at some point or some some form of social media facebook instagram linkedin tiktok twitter. i know there's the twitter and there's a lot of adults out there that do the tiktok um
0: well yeah watch me do my
1: Oh my gosh. Maybe. If I ever see you on TikTok, <laughs> we are never doing a podcast again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, it's it's something that you know, we see it all the time. You just you keep scrolling, you keep scrolling, and you scrolled right past that person who sent a message mm-hmm. that said, Hey, I just want I don't want to wake up tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yeah. And we don't think anything of it. Like if you're just scrolling, but this is something I I'm specific with with my kids because my kids are on social media. Sure. Watch out for these things. So look for them. I can't tell you how many times a social media referral came through and we got a person help be through something that they said on social media.
0: Well, that's where that training video said that the number one place for people to look today is on a social media account of some sort. Right. So I think that, that that's very, I mean, okay, we know. Uh, it, okay. As school teachers, a lot of times writing English teachers in particular are mm-hmm. constantly being reminded to pay attention to the, you know, their assignments and read what kids are saying. Yeah. Um, I had a kid, I don't know, it was last year, year before in one of their writing, in one of their responses, I don't know if it was a test question or a daily. Anyway, I was reading through and the kid was talking about suicide. mm and so I, I pulled the kid aside and I said, Hey, I'm reading your response. I'd like to visit with you. And he goes, McCall, hey, no, 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 no. Let's take a look at this. This I was just using that as an example. I am I'm I'm nowhere close. No, trust me, believe me, you know, I I'm fine, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I reached out to his counselor and to his assistant principal. Anyway, yeah, they had a conversation with him, and and it was he was fine. He was okay. There, you know, the (laughs) statement that he put in his answer was spot on. What was was not an issue. It was, as he said, more of an example to get uh, across his point. It was not some kind of ideation. The kid comes to me after he had visited with his counselor and AP, and he says, you know, McCall, thanks. I'm not, you know, I appreciate you double-checking and making sure right. that I'm okay. Yeah. And I, I just, for me, it was, well, why wouldn't I? Yeah. As a, you know, as somebody who cares for other people, mm-hmm. it is always going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that, yeah, this is temporary,
1: it's hard to get across. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, I
0: don't know, I... I, I,
1: Well, on the flip to that, too, and he had a, a mature response to that. Yes. And that's awesome. And we
0: should all be looking out for one another, helping each other. And if you get upset, don't feel... It's okay to be upset about it, but, you know... Are you are you being upset for the right reasons right. or the wrong reasons? Yeah. It comes to how do you address it? How do you try and prevent it? One of the key things uh, I think is to have that positive or supportive environment, mm-hmm. whether you're at home or at work or at school. What are we doing to create, foster, develop, encourage that? positive environment. I mean, I, you know, it is so easy to go down the negative pathway.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: But it takes, you know, when I'm having a bad day, I've got plenty of people around me to build me up so that that way it's not the end of the world. I've got go-to people like you that I can reach out to and I can be balanced. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I got Sherry, um, If all else fails, I got Big Bang Theory reruns. I mean these are different things that help
1: me right and
0: I think that as a family unit because we all belong to a family of some sort right whether we're you know the kid or we're the parent, what are we doing to make sure that our family is together mm-hmm. that you know, and I, and I applaud my my wife. She has done such an amazing job with her children. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes she regrets. <laughs> she goes. Sometimes we cross TMI with the information that they share, but they <laughs> share, and there's not a there's not that issue because with my parents, I would share, but I would share maybe fifty percent. Yeah, I was I. Now, I share a lot more Mm -hmm. with my parents, but I'm not 15, 18 years old anymore. Right, I'm 25.
1: Plus 25.
0: Well, actually, it's 25 plus shipping and handling. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to divert. I mean, some of the other things... Is that one of those jokes
1: that we need to explain? (laughs) Can you please?
0: It's a mean... This is
1: white glove delivery. (laughs) White... Anyways...
0: Uh. Yes,
1: I I appreciate you you saying that that positive, supportive environment. You know, the, for parents, our kids need to look at us as as a resource, as a mm-hmm. source of hope and encouragement and support uh, when we're going through uh, adversity in life. Sure, and it, it is it is a given.
0: If you screw up as a kid, mom and dad, and i this was one of my issues, my fears, Mom, I'm going to disappoint mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I do not want to disappoint them. Holy crap, I am 50 plus, and I still do not want to disappoint my parents. When I told them that I was getting a divorce, my biggest fear was I'm going to let them down. Right. So that's fine. And, you know, if mom and dad respond with, a little bit of anger, a little bit of frustration, it's because they care. And so, you know, don't dwell on it. Don't spend the bulk of your time. But, I mean, it's okay to, uh, you know, to create a communicative environment where you can have the opportunity to discuss your problems, to develop problem solving skills, to, you know, talk about how do we cope? How do we address these issues in a healthy manner?
1: Right. You know, um, I also like to add in that communication, um, when you're having those conversations, take, take all those, those comments seriously. Mm-hmm. If you're a kid, uh, or even your spouse is walking by, I just want to die. Or I don't. I don't want to live anymore. Okay, let's have a conversation. You know, don't don't just pass it off like, yes. oh, they're joking, because it happens all the time, and unfortunately, that does happen all the time, and then the person isn't here because there was an issue.
0: My Eric's mom, and I said this in uh, it's in my book, but you know, it is very okay. Eric's mother used to say that all the time, and. I did not take it seriously. I did not give credence to the notion that there might be seriousness to this, uh, and I. So that was a failure on my point. Um, so, so you're absolutely right that it is super important for us to take those kinds of statements seriously. Because I do wonder what would have happened if I had been able if I had taken her statements more seriously, if I had said, we need to talk more about this because I I really did not give it credibility. So again, you're absolutely right. Take these threats seriously. Take those conversations and make them meaningful because you're, you're you, I don't know. I saw it as attention seeking mm-hmm. and well, I can tell you now that it might have been a lot more than that, right? Um,
1: uh, you know, and that's that's great. That's that's great advice. Couple couple other things, um, you know. Don't don't argue. when you if you find yourself in that conversation, don't argue. Don't argue about it. Yeah. Um, just hear the person out. Try and understand. We talk about this a lot. Listen mm-hmm. to understand. Uh, remain non non judgmental. Sure. Right. At the end of the day, you and I don't own the gavel. And so don't be judgmental. Listen Uh to understand, be empathetic.
0: And that's, you know, that's a challenge that I personally have. And when I look back at, you know, my conversations with Eric's mom, I, I, I didn't do enough of these things. And I do have regret. And I wonder how I might have been able to do things differently. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe not. I I, I don't know. Um, it's what she did was predetermined, and she had made that decision a couple of days earlier
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in the week. But, um, you know, before we call it quits for today, I do want to include the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or Lifeline number, which is 1-800-273-8255.
1: Yeah, and there's also um, crisis tech li- text lines. Um, I don't have those numbers okay, here, but there's fine. there's a lot of resources out there. There's there's like I said, the crisis text line. We don't have to talk to anyone mm-hmm. on the phone, but you could text mm-hmm. um, someone. Um, I know there's anonymous text um, apps that we could you know people could use. Um, But again, if you hear something or you see something, say something, show up, step into someone's story who's struggling and and be a beacon of hope.
0: Amen. Amen. You're my beacon of hope.
1: Well, thank you. Oh, really? You're not going to
0: return? Okay. Well, now that I know where I stand, uh, well, (laughs) on that note, we're going to call it a day. Thank Uh, you very much for listening and indulging uh, our conversations on this. Suicide is real. Suicide is a serious issue. And we, we we love you, and we want you to stick around for a long time to come.
1: Yes, we do. We appreciate you, and we will talk at you next time.
0: All right. All this right. is Rod. I'm Bryce. See you next time. Right, bye bye.